Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio with Hurricane H here. Uh, new day, new show, new topic, new guest. And uh, over, again, the last few months, we've had different guests, different shows, different topics. We've, had, we've covered children and, and, and adults and all this stuff. But, but one of the other things that we've talked about is mental health and how we can get improvements on, on a lot of lifestyles and how we, we, we deal with things day in, day out. But one thing we have not talked to, uh, or talked about rather, is, is how do we handle ourselves with our own families and specifically as parents? And so today's you know, topic is really a unique topic. We're going to talk parents and how we can be you know, in a good parenting mode and still be able to, to behave and, and live our life in a normal way. Now, as a parent personally, and I've you know, had a lot of stages of those kids, you know, from the minute they're born to, to age 25. So I have a nice little spectrum. So I've experienced kids at different stages and over a couple of decades. So therefore, there's a lot of changes that happen over time. But our guest today is an expert in this, in parenting education. And, and, and she teaches parents how to deal and cope with children at all ages and things and gives tips and ideas and how to really cope with it, live with it, engage with it and live a happy life because some of the things that we experience in life with our children can also affect our life outside of our homes and our families. So we're going to talk about all that. And that was just my brief introduction <laughs> to today's show. But with me, I have Debbie Godfrey, and she is an excellent at this. This is her thing. So Debbie, welcome to the show. And uh, uh, really was excited to have you on. And I think we are going to nail this one with a lot of good stuff that people would take home and use and apply. How are you, Debbie? Thank you so much for having me here. And I'm very excited to talk about parenting, positive parenting with your audience. Well, first of all, the word positive, I love it. So I'm all <laughs> about positivity. So we'll start with that. That's a key, right? We want to keep that because parenting can be a lot of things, right? <laughs> but definitely positive parenting and, and you know, some other stuff. But as, as always, I always ask my guests to, to tell us a little bit about themselves and their story, what got you into this world and what motivated you to start doing this parenting education. I know you have your own business about parenting and tutoring folks, you know, how to manage, you know, the parenthood. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so I um, have three children, and when they were six, two, and one, which was a long time ago, because now they're 36, 32, and 30. <laughs> God bless. I have to say God bless, because you do not look like you have a 36-year-old. <laughs> so whatever you do, but keep doing it. It's good. <laughs> Looking good. Yeah, and I have and I have five grandchildren now, too. So I'm... I, God uh, bless twice. <laughs> yes, there we go. But when they, were, when they were little, when they were six, two, and one, I was miserable. Like I was yelling at them all the time. They were always misbehaving. 
I was exhausted. I just I, like I was yelling and just miserable. And I took a parenting class and it just turned my life around. I went from being miserable and yelling at them all the time to actually enjoying parenting, not yelling, and really feeling like I was doing a much better job as a parent. And after about a year of using what I had learned in the parenting class, I thought this would, I actually put a prayer out. I had, I had gotten divorced and um, I was a single parent and I was working a job for like 10 bucks an hour and my kids were in subsidized childcare and it was very difficult. And I said, God, just give me work that I love that makes a difference in the world and that lets me be home after school for my kids. And this kind of all unfolded and fell in my lap basically. And so I went and got trained to teach a particular curriculum of positive parenting. And I started my business. And this was almost 30 years ago, July of 1994 is when I officially started my business, teaching parenting classes and workshops. And that's that's how I started. It was, I, I, I taught from the standpoint of, we teach best that which we most need to learn. <laughs> That's why I'm a good teacher because I needed it. Like in order not to yell at my kids, the, the teaching kept me in line. You know, I had to walk my talk. And um, and I thought when my kids grew up, I would quit, right? Because like I did it for me all, most of those years. And I and I love the work. It's fabulous work. I don't get me wrong, it's my life's work and I love it. And my kids grew up. And our relationship is so amazing. And they are such amazing parents. I got even more passionate. And now I don't teach from kind of that I need it thing. I teach because, oh, no kidding. This makes a huge difference. And I need to share this with any parents that are interested because it's just magical what a difference it makes to have a great relationship with our kids and be able to discipline them, build their self-esteem while at the same time correcting their misbehavior and not breaking their spirit and not ruining our relationship in the, in the, in the middle of all that. Well, Debbie, that's a lot of stuff we're going to cover. I think, I think you, <laughs> you really put some keywords in there, almost like okay. taglines that we need to, to address individually, but, but let's start with the first thing. I mean, first of all, your experience, your personal experience that got you into it. Uh, it's not unique. I mean, our society, that's very common. And it's, and, and by the way, for, for male and female, you know, single parenting is, it can be a very difficult thing. But I think when you have three kids and you have to juggle that and a job, I know, I, and by the way, in my regular work, I, I have, you know, uh, employees that, you know, that, that co-workers that work and they have these struggles with their children and, you know, kind of balancing life and family and it, it's difficult and, and, and it's not easy. And, you know, it's, and it's also from even an employer perspective, there are things that are put in place, but I don't think there's enough out there. You know, I mean, some companies, they have daycares and things like that, but that's only uh, the, the far in between and a few. <laughs> right. So, so, so it's difficult. And you're talking about early nineties, that's, that's a while back and uh, things were different. And I love the idea that you made that prayer and, you know, prayers do come true when you believe. <laughs> so you did believe and you did, but I, I know it wasn't just the prayer. You did also take the action. So I don't believe just in prayer alone. You got to take, talk the talk, walk the walk, right? That, that's what you did and, and you worked. So, so, but let's now, let's break that down. Uh, you talked about discipline. You talk about, you know, having a good relationship with children, you know, uh, driving you nuts when you're younger and when they're younger, it's a little hard, but really from the date, you know, the minute kids are born, you know, there's a different level of struggle any given day for parents in general, right? First thing is just the sleep one. I mean, I remember my first child, you know, that first week there was no sleep, <laughs> just crying all week and you can do anything about it. It was very difficult. Right. And, and 
not everybody is ready for that. And so they get through that first stage. And I think that's a big deal right there. And so if you don't sleep, you wake up in the morning cranky, and sometimes you take care on your spouse, and sometimes you take care of your friends, your colleagues, your family, you snap on everybody. You might not wake up one time and then affect your work. So that's as, as simple as it gets, you know, just, just from the get-go. And maybe people listening, watching here, they've probably been there like, oh, I, I remember those days. Or I'm, I'm, oh, my God. And for those that are expecting, hey, <laughs> this is what you got to look forward to. Too. But hopefully with today's, uh, you know, advice and tips, you might be able to manage that better. <laughs> so we'll talk, right? So, so, so let's talk about that. So let's guide, you know, some of our steps, our parents here, like in terms of like, what would be like a, an easy way to handle themselves throughout the stages? Because, and that's the other thing, there is a difference between boys and girls, different ages come with a different struggle and challenges, elementary versus like, even like before elementary, the daycare days, right? That's the, that's the, that's actually a worse, I think, in, in, in more, most of the cases, because you are stuck with your children because you know, unless you pay for daycare, which is not cheap, right? Uh, and some people may not be able to afford that. And it becomes a problem because they have to really figure out a way. Some people stay home. I mean, you did a good job. You figure out a way to make money while you're home and do all that. So that's great. But it, not everybody uh, succeeds at that. That's the problem, right? And, and again, life happens, right? Bills, this, that, and you have to. And if you don't have a partner that helps, whether you're together or separated, that's also a more challenging situation. And it's ideal when all partners are in one place, the kids are in one roof. There's also that aspect of it. So, so let's talk about this angle that I'm just, you know, covering right now. And then we can go to next stages, elementary and up and until they're actually older and gone. I mean, I think that never stops. Parenting doesn't stop, right? Does it? <laughs> and then, then we'll talk later about influences and society and everything else. But let's just talk about the basic elements of building parenting from the get-go. Yeah, and I think you you touched on it so greatly there, and that is parents need to learn to take care of themselves. So the nature of being a parent is a giver. We have to nurture, we have to take care of, we have to, you know, we, we're in charge of this baby who can't take care of him or herself. And so if we get depleted, we can't really give. And so from the get-go, and that's the most important topic I teach in the very first class of the parenting class is taking care of yourself. And we hear this all the time. I mean, it's become pretty, uh, um, cliche. yeah, totally cliche. And most parents still aren't acting on it. And, and it's, it, it can be a challenge. And so the way I like to look at it and teach it is if you are parenting your kids from a deficit in any area, you're exhausted, you're sick, you're, you're just stressed out, you're not getting any or enough time either to yourself, to pursue your own interests, to whatever it is you need to recharge your batteries. And every person is different, but mm -hmm. you know, there's certain things that you've put on the back burner or that you're not doing anymore because you're overwhelmed with all this responsibility. But if you're trying to nurture and take care of your children or, or your fan, your family, and you're really needing something deeply inside, you're not caring for them. You're actually taking away from them. It's almost like you're robbing, say, energy from them. And so if you look at it from that standpoint that you're, even though you want to be a really good parent and that's why you're self-sacrificing, it's having the opposite effect. And so you get to take care of you because it's good for your children when you take care of yourself. Now, eventually you should take care of you because it's good for you and you should 
you know, put yourself first, but most people won't do that, but they will sacrifice themselves for their children. So what I say is, you know, go take a walk, go take a mental health day. I, I used to like to go to a movie in the middle of the day that felt super extravagant, <laughs> you know, huh? to just take some time off and go see a movie in the middle of the day. You, you know, if you have the finances, hire a babysitter to do nothing. Like don't have, you know, sometimes we do that for, for mandatory things that we have to do, like responsible things. Get a babysitter just so you can go take a walk, you know, like- Yeah, a couple hours. Right, exactly. So in the first week of the parenting class, people, we I assign them the homework is to do something to take care of yourself four times for 10 or 20 minutes at least in that first week. And for some parents, they've never done this. And so to really start to look at how can I nurture myself? For some people, it might be taking, even though we talked about working parents, that's really super difficult because you feel like you never have enough time. But for that parent, if you stop at the gym on the way home and just work out for half an hour, sometimes that can raise your energy level and make you such a better parent when you do get home that even though you'll have a half an hour less time, you're going to have a much more significant connected time because you're going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to be in good shape. And so figuring out for you, that's the most important thing. How do you take care of yourself? Well, Debbie, I mean, these are some excellent points and, and, and again, you're talking about me, myself, and I first, right? And 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 it almost sounds uh, kind of opposite of what the mission of a parent is in a way. But but really, when you think about it, if you're not good, you know, to yourself, and you're not able to be good in physical and mental state, you're not going to be giving them anything that is valuable, and therefore you might actually rub them the wrong way, and and then you clash with them. They become annoying, and then that that gets you in trouble because you might react and behave differently, and Sometimes you're having a bad day at work and you come home and the kids are irritating. They scream and stuff. And that kids scream. <laughs> they scream. They jump. I mean, it's funny, but I don't know of a kid that is actually not loud and or not running all over the place and banging and hitting stuff and throwing things. That's just where kids are, at, you know, early ages and sometimes even older ages. But so I wanted to just to talk about one element, uh, which is it's going to sound weird, but but the age groups of having kids and and the reason i'm saying that because the energy level changes based on when you have your children now you you look young for someone 36 and you know that means you had your children earlier and and so it's a little different i, I know for a fact like i have a very different level between my oldest and the youngest so i can i can speak personally on by experience that the energy i had on the first one versus my last one is not the same uh, your patience is different. Your level of attention is different. Your ability to do more and engage more with them and play with them. It's kind of lesser, you know, so, so it changes. So for parents, this is may, maybe not something you want to hear, but, but it is younger folks, at least, you know, at early on, you might want to start planning, you know, that life, you know, ahead. And again, we're not telling you what to do with your life, but at the end of the day, just as you experience children, <laughs> The experience varies from the time that you have those kids based on your age and and when you have them and and the older you are, just just fact. And I've seen you know my friends who have older kids like had kids at older age. Just the energy is different. You just are depleted already by everything else around you, and so you don't give them the best that you can. And you also, to be honest with you, it's more difficult to even engage with the kids. Plus, you have the gaps between their generation and you, and that could be another thing. Now. Listen, you love, you marry, you have kids, whatever the case may be, it's all beautiful. Any age is great. But 
we're talking about how to parent and not have those elements affect you. So I think that I want to just be clear about that. We're not saying that <laughs> how to you, you manage your life up to you. But the idea is no matter what age, you need to be setting your expectations to what that will look like. And if you, you have not experienced it, you might not know until you are in it. And it's too late at that point because now you have a struggle. So today we're going to try to almost clarify some of the ways you can have a happy life at any age with your children. And hopefully we can get that advice today with Debbie. So Debbie, what do you say to that? Yeah, it's a great observation and something that I've definitely noticed over time. And there's there's benefits and, and downfalls for both. So yes, being a young parent, I was 21 when I had my first daughter. I always say I wasn't a teenager at least. <laughs> well, well, listen, it's an early age. There's nothing wrong right. with that. Yeah. And I think I was 25 or 26 when I had my son, my last one. And so, yes, I was very young. I was like 45 and they were all gone, like basically off doing their own thing. So I had my whole life. And in front of me at that age where I had my contemporaries had toddlers because many people do wait till their mid thirties or early forties. Mm -hmm. Now, so it's not that it's better to have children young. The way I see it, it's there's advantages and disadvantages. So having them young, Excellent. yeah, the energy level is there and the ignorance is there. And, and I don't mean yes. ignorance in a negative way. It's just, you don't know any better and you've got the energy and you just do what you do with it. And and it's just, that's how it flows. And then you have to do your growth work as your kids are growing and whatever. The advantage for an older parent, the disadvantage, as you said, is definitely the energy level. Running after a toddler is super challenging <laughs> when you're over 35. I mean, that just, it's just, it's super challenging. And, but the advantage is you've had a life experience, okay? You're usually better off resource-wise. Most people- Stable that are they're old that have had their that wait and have their children later they're they've had life experience so they've probably traveled they've probably had time with their mates so that they have a much more established relationship from which to have a platform for parenting and the resources are there the the knowledge is there you know there's life experience there that helps with there, you know, the, the parents that come to me mostly are a little older, you know, the young kids don't often come unless they're really having a lot of problems and young kids, I mean, in their twenties, having kids, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they seem very young to me at, at this point in time, but you know, the older parents are super open to this and super ready for this and need this. And so, so there's advantages and disadvantages. So it, like you said, it doesn't matter what you've chosen in your world, just knowing what are your strengths and what are the vulnerabilities that you have. And so either set you're in, positive parenting is something that you want to look at because your parenting skills are what you were raised with. I mean, that's what you come with. You come with whatever you were raised with, good, bad, or not, not okay, whatever it is. And so in order to be able to parent your children most effectively, you want to expand what you know by by getting information in other places. And that's the other advantage to older parents is usually they've already experienced education out in the world in, in a big way. And so it doesn't, it makes just, it makes more sense for them to just take parenting classes and learn this. And that, that's the other disadvantage. I, I know a lot of moms that I had that would come to my classes and moms specifically, this wasn't so, so much a dad thing that are career, you know, they've had careers, they've been super mm -hmm. successful in their careers. And then they're 35 or 40 and they have this three-year-old that's running the show and they're just <laughs> devastated. Like, 
I've, you know, been the CEO of a company and now I've got this kid who's running my house and I don't know what to do. And it just devastates their self-esteem. And so those are the parents that are just ripe and prime for learning positive parenting, because as soon as you give them some good skills, they can use all their experience in business to implement it with their kids in a great way and be effective and realize, oh yeah, this kid should not be running the show. It's great to empower them, but within limits. And that's, that's the most important thing. And we want to learn how to do that. Well, that, that's a lot. <laughs> and, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's amazing because the, the, the age itself, you know, doesn't matter. And you're right. There is that fact of, of experience in life, being financially to a degree stable, able to do things for the kids. But you, you hit also another thing, like I, this is a big deal. And we talk about in general mental health and, and just physical health. People wait to see the world when they retire. And, you know, maybe that's a difficult time to do that and your body may not be responsive. When you're younger, you want to see the world, you want to travel, you want to do all the stuff, get out of the way, right? But I mean, either way you do it, at the end of the day, if you choose to be a parent, then understand that life's going to change. And so now you have to adapt to it and see if you can incorporate life with your kids in your lifestyle. I'll give you an example for me. We've, I love to travel. So my kids have been traveling since they were literally one month each. <laughs> and, and from that point on, they've been traveling all along. And so they, we, we incorporate them and we've always adjusted our trips where they can have fun. One of the things that I do, and you know, my wife and I, we, we love to do this is cruising. And, and why we chose cruising specifically, because over the last couple of, you know, 12 years, whatever, you know, the kids, that was a perfect, you know, things for us. We put them in, in the, the ship, you know, when they were younger, you sign them up, they go to class, you know, to, to they get whatever for the ship and, you know, until they, they're like five or six. And then after that, they go into the kid stuff. And you, again, at a point where they're like 11, you don't even see them anymore. <laughs> you lock them in, you know I mean? You just take them into the, the, the ship. They're happy. They do their own and we do our own. So we can have our fun as parents and as, as couples, but the kids also are having fun and we can cooperate that together and you can get together, have fun, right? Uh, that's just an example. Now people do different ways travel, right? And but that's that's also now you talked about activities, and uh, you know being uh, able to do things, right? <laughs> that's that's a that's a big deal. You, you talked about the gym. You know that's that's me time, and I go to gym. That's something you can incorporate. Um, activities wise, I want to go back to that. You're at any given time in as a parent, you want to do a, you know things with the kids. For example, when they're younger, you want to take them to chocolate cheeses and all these places, the parks. Like my kids right now, they say, Dad, I want you to go with me on a ride. I'm like, dude, I, I'm tired with rides. I've done those 20 years ago. I don't feel like going on one of those cheap rides anymore. My heart doesn't stand it anymore, right? So so it ch it's a challenge, right? Like they almost feel handicapped because you can't do what your children want to do with you. So you limit themselves, you limit you and them to certain things. It, it can be sometimes challenged. And so the other item I wanted to talk about is when you said about somebody that's successful in their career mm -hmm. and, and now you have the boss home and <laughs> the boss is the child. <laughs> and by the way, children, I, I always say this, kids are bosses when they're younger because they win no matter what. I always say this in sales, they're the best salespeople that exist on the planet. Whatever they want, they get. I don't care who you are, what you feel like, you will wind up crashing and, and giving them, <laughs> giving in their, their demands and still give them whatever they want. It's always almost, you know, a unique situation that we will all go through as parents. So, so those are just different adjustments that, you know, I personally see and, and things that we have, I've experienced, or at least I can share. But I know that story, this, these stories are not just for me, that's for everybody. And I think everybody has their own way of experiencing, you know, children and parenting. So now let's talk about something that you, 
we we almost hit on it. You said I was I was about as twenty one, but but there is there are there are parents that are younger than that, and I think that's a very difficult. You know, uh, now I'm not sure if you if you work with them or not, but I think there's if they're listening. I mean, that could be something that can be wow. I mean, uh, they can certainly learn from today's show because there are things that can apply to all parents. Period. You know, but you're right. The one thing that may be a little bit difficult is they are still not with experience. They probably still struggling through their own youth. That could be a challenge. And then the other item I want to talk about is, uh, which you just mentioned about, uh, which it's just escaped me right now. So let's talk about, you know, the, those, those ones that are like younger, anything that we can give as a tip to them. Yeah, that is a super challenging demographic. And I taught a class for the school district where I used to live. And at any given time in this particular high school district, there was 400 parenting or pregnant teenagers. And these were children from the ages of 14 to 17 that were pregnant or parenting. And they included the, the men, the boys in, in this as well. So I had this contract where I would go and teach parenting classes to these children. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that I took away from there is very tangential to what you just said, which is that they are children. They're children. And I almost felt like I would rather be teaching their parents, <laughs> like their grandparents. <laughs> it's true. Like, you know, most of them had their, most of them were not on their own. These were, mm-hmm. these were children. So they, their parents or the parents of the, the, the boy were, were very pivotal in taking care of this, this mm-hmm. child with a child. And their ability to learn what I was teaching was very limited. It's kind of, they're still in their development. And what I'm teaching is really communication skills, but also personal growth. And most teenagers just aren't in that space. I mean, it's a very Mm -hmm. rare teenager that is. A child that's gotten pregnant at that age obviously has some challenges already. They're not choosing this as a adult decision. And so, it's a very difficult population. And I think it's a very, um, even though there's a lot of kids there, I don't think it's typical. And I don't even, you know, I don't know that it's not work that I loved. <laughs> well, listen, I, another way, sorry, Debbie. I mean, I did ask the question just because it is a reality that, that we live in. It's more yeah. common now than, than two decades ago or three decades ago. I think now it's, it's just becoming more, you know, I mean, high school. Well, I mean, that was, yeah. One of the things that blew me away is these kids would bring their ultrasounds to their high school classes. I mean, I remember my daughter saying so-and-so is pregnant and she's showing her ultrasounds. It's like, that's not something that we want in our high school curriculum. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you, my, my kids, when they were in, in middle school, there, there, there were kids in middle school that were pregnant. That's, oh. and to me, that was like, wow, but that's actually today's reality and, and it's happening more. And because, again, when we're going to talk about society as a whole and the role of that in parenting and, and the impact that it, right now, parenting is no longer just the parents. <laughs> I think parenting has become a lot more than just the parents. And besides the immediate family could be grandparents and so on and so forth. Now you have society as a whole uh, through the social media, through the TV, through the school system, even. Right. Uh, there's all different things that are impact the parenting now. And, you know, and, and just in general, that can have one way or the other effect on, on how those kids are seen and you know raised because you can do things at home and then they get almost like diffused once they go out into the society or they go to the school and they get you know unlearned whatever you teach them gets unlearned somewhere else right 
that's another challenge that parents actually, I think, are dealing with today. And we can talk about that. But so the, the point that I was that then I skipped it for a second there was was the idea of you are you only know parenting through what you've been through as a child and as you grow. So you know what you've experienced and that could be to your point, good or bad. And I think that's that's let's talk just for a moment about that, because some people are raised in a very cherishing, loving, you know, environment. Some people may not have that. Some like I mentioned earlier, I'm a lonely child, so I grew up by myself. Now having kids at, at home that are siblings is a challenge. <laughs> and I've experienced it because they they fighting, they're arguing and stuff. And I didn't experience that personally. So that was a challenge for me. And I was always like, I, I used to go nuts about it because I couldn't <laughs> handle it. I wasn't, I was not exposed to it. So so you're right. It's like something that is that we need to kind of make people aware of it's what you've been raised with you know that's something that sticks to you so now it's like again we can learn from it or can I learn some of it <laughs> so so let's talk about that for a minute yeah and I think that's that is the crux of the of the high level job of parenting so if you want to really go to the next level like anybody can raise kids there's no license there's no requirements and everybody out there is you know, and, and good, bad, or ugly. And, and most, a, a lot of people are not doing a great job of it. I'm sorry. It's like some areas, people are just not paying attention. It's like the, the children are, they're raising children unconsciously. And I think it's a lot of the challenges that we have in our culture is because the children are not being nurtured well in general, many of them aren't. And so, yes, it is so important that we look at this. And when you're, when you realize like this is the most uh, for me this was the most important job in my lifetime was raising these kids and to feel like this was my magnum opus like that the thing like i can't top that i raised three children and did it through the challenges that i had and and did a good enough job at it and feel like you know, I did the best I could and it was good enough. And, you know, I can die. I can face God when I die and say, I tried my best. Like, okay. You know, I, I don't have regrets. Not that I did everything right, but, but I, but I tried my best. And I think that's an important thing to look at as a parent. You don't want to regret that you didn't take the time or, or pay attention to this. It's only a portion of your life. 20 years is should be about a quarter of your life that you're raising these children. So making it a priority, like to really do the best you can, your experience growing up is, is totally integral to these children. If you have a child, a lot of people have a kid and they're like, how did I get this kid? Like, <laughs> where did this kid come from? They're driving me crazy. Da, da, da. It's no accident. Your children push the very buttons in you that need to be healed, things that need to be healed, things that were maybe um, mistaken beliefs that you got. Maybe they were things that you were hurt by when you were young. And so the kids pick those scabs of any of those wounds. And the deep work of parenting is to start uncovering that. And when we have lots of exercises, and I, you know, I talk about this not a lot in the class, but when it's when it's necessary and relevant. And we have ways to go back and look at those things. And you bring those forward as both healing tools for yourself, like ways to 
put yourself back together from any experiences that may have hurt you as a child. And now by doing that, you have a new way to relate to your own child that's nurturing rather than hurtful or even abusive, which many of us did experience abuse. And we have to transform those experiences or we're going to re-abuse our children and keep that cycle of abuse going. So it's really important that we all take a look at our own experiences. The other thing is many of us who were abused or just parented in a way where I'll never do that. Like we have the, this thing, I'll never do what my parents did, X, Y, Z, whatever it was. And the thing is, when you get into the guts of parenting, which you alluded to, it's hard work, it's tough. And those kids are gonna push our buttons. And the problem is when you're under stress, no matter what your good intelligent intentions were, you're gonna fall back to what you know. So all those things you said you would never do come out when you're under stress. And 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 parents know this, they, they say it all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm becoming my mom or I'm becoming my dad. And you know, it's only when I'm stressed out. And so again, those are the, those are the gems, you know, if I can just tell, talk to parents and help, work, help them work through those things, they end up being the pieces that put their family back together. And it's beautiful and it's deep and it, and it makes this all worth it. Oh, thank you there. That's pretty powerful stuff. And, 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 but you're right. It's, um, children can be challenging <laughs> to say the least. And, and they know how to challenge you. Uh, and you're right. They push those buttons to the extreme and, and sometimes they get on your nerve and you might just act up. And, and, and again, that brings us to that discussion about how you abuse, right? I mean, there, that's a big term. And, you know, I, I think we could have a whole session, you know, session show about it, but, but again, it all depends on, on, on a lot of different things. I mean, uh, society has shifted. I mean, over the years, right. The last few decades, the, the way the generation X versus today's, you know, generation, they did, Two different ways of upbringing and i think uh, and also depends on the cultures where you were raised too so it depends on your family background uh that's a whole different world right and it doesn't matter what part of the world you came from i mean we all came from somewhere and and you would not and people are watching us right now from all over the world so literally people are in different cultures you know that might be listening to this and so the way they do it may be different from the way it's done in any other country or anything even in from in the same neighborhood it could be different right culture to culture i mean I live in the New York metropolitan area, which there are multiple cultures right here. And everybody, like you have neighborhoods and every culture is different. And everybody, like, you know, in some, some cultures, it's it's a common thing. We say we talk about, you know, chanclas or like, you know, you know, sandals, whatever, you know, as a joke, right? There's there's different culture, you know, like the web, there's, you know, all kind of stuff that you hear about as a joke, but but it's coming from our backgrounds because we've learned it or if you heard it, you've seen it. And, you know, like, again, I grew up, you know, as a kid, I mean, corporate punishment was part of it, even at school. <laughs> Overseas, that's how it was. I mean, literally at school. And if you you do something, you know, you're not good, whatever, something, your punishment is they put you on the wall. Sometimes they even take a ruler. I mean, there was all kinds of things that, that were permissible. They were all wrong, but you don't know about it then until you grow up. You know, that should have happened. And, and again, and, I'm and actually there's 30, 34 states still allow corporal punishment in schools and have it. So it's not gone. Just so you know, I, I didn't even know. See, that that's a great, you know, I mean, it's, it's not horrible. a great thing, but, but I'm saying it's, it's good to know that it's still existing today, but you would think it's gone. I mean, I really thought that was that's a thing, thing to the past, but it's always it's been there. Now, when you grew up with it, like I don't have any resentment for it personally. You know, I, I know it was done for a purpose. 
And sometimes that was the correct purpose at the time because it, it, it got me aligned <laughs> correctly, right? But, but can it could have been done differently, yes. And there are ways that, that today's society had, you know, and today's school system has uh, gone into that is easier and they can get, get, you know, better results from the kids. But on the flip side, I think we also opened up to the other extreme now and, and you can't even talk to kids anymore. And that's the other part that's happening at an early age. Uh, in like a, a good example now, if a child falls, literally, and bruises, now you have social workers, you have other things, you know, that, it, that the other people that are involved, it's an accident, but yet, you know, it's, it's just, it just can happen to anyone. And then now you're in the investigation because this happened and the other happened. And uh, are you, is there an abusive environment that you live in? And, you know, they send you social workers to help to check on you. So, so we have like, it's just, there's no medium way here. There's one side versus the other. I think there is room for us to be in the middle where it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't have to always think the worst when a child, for example, has a sign of any accident, which happens, you know, kids play. <laughs> That's just typical. But most of the parents do not harm their kids. They're not, they, you're not designed to harm your kids. You don't want to harm your kids. But, but again, the punishment system that, that had existed folklore specifically and even more like sometimes you punish them by removing stuff from them and 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 again i'm not an expert at that i mean I've, I've done my share you know as as best as i could but you know i'm a little tough my wife is not as tough as i am but you know i'm the one who takes the, the phone away it takes the stuff and you don't see it until we talk later and they don't like me as much about it but <laughs> i still do it actually so when when you know obviously you can't do anything else so you want to deprive them i'm at least that's me i think i why depriving them from their most cherished possession, they, they tend to line up, right? And to align with you with whatever you want. But that may not may work. So so for parents, you know, I'm not giving advice, actually, we're going to get advice from Debbie. But, but <laughs> the idea, but the idea is, it's challenging. And I, I'm sharing my experience just as you know, this is a show. And, you know, I want to, to highlight that, if you're out there, you're probably going to experience it one way or the other. So, so you can be in any of those spectrums, any side of the spectrum in terms of parenting, and how you deal with your kids, and it could be tough. So Debbie, I've put a lot of stuff in this, this last minute here. So, so what, are we, what, what can you tell us about that? How we can prevent this? I mean, and, and, and what is your advice to the parents that either experienced abuse or uh, are trying to figure it out as they go and maybe just trying to be good parents, but they're not doing a good job or maybe they're getting challenged at. Right. So what, what, you've what you're talking about is our parenting style. And okay. we're all either a little more strict or a little more lenient. Yes. Okay? And, and if, if we're super, super, super strict, our kids aren't going to do well. And if we're super, super lenient, our kids aren't going to do well. It's better if we're somewhere in the middle range and we don't have to be exactly in the middle. And usually what happens is you have one parent who's a little more strict, like you were saying mm -hmm. you, and one parent who's a little more lenient, say your wife, and that's good. That's good. You have like good conversation. Yes. Yeah. And if you're working together, you've got a good relationship. That's pretty helpful for parenting is to have that balance. What unfortunately happens because most people have challenges in their relationships and maybe they're not addressing them. And, and so what happens is you've got a strict parent who kind of doesn't like the lenient parent letting them get away with stuff. And then the lenient parent thinks you're being too strict. And so they're 
coddling the par- the kids or letting them get away with stuff or talking behind the parents back. And then this one gets even more strict and this gets more lenient and this gets more strict. And now the parents are completely working against each other, which is a field day for misbehavior for the kids. The kids get away with everything. They know, oh, I can get between mom and dad and they're going to sit there and fight and I can just do whatever I want. And, and that's very, very dysfunctional. The parents don't like each other. The kids aren't doing well. And so we want <clears throat> to make sure that we're staying in this in this middle range. And the way to get back to this, you're going to love this, your wife won't love it so much, is that you put the more strict parent in charge in, in charge of being the parenting leader. And so the more the less the more lenient parent follows the lead of the stricter parent. And it doesn't work in reverse. And when you do that, what happens is the lenient parent has to follow the lead of the stricter parent and the stricter parent doesn't have to be so strict when they have that backup and that support. Mm -hmm. So they can maintain the limits and boundaries. They don't have to go so overboard. And this one needs to learn to be more consistent and to set better boundaries. And so you can maintain your positions here in the middle range where this one still is always gonna have a tendency to be more flexible. This one's still gonna have a tendency to be less flexible and more you know, consistent or really stand their ground. And that's gonna be much more healthy for the whole family where these two are, are working together and backing each other up. And so that's what you, what you wanna envision. With your parenting style, this kind and firm concept is super important as well. We can't let our kids get away with everything. That is a huge problem out there. Kids have been, we, you know, we've had this generational effect of, we were calling them helicopter parents before that became a term, but that, you know, we're, we're hovering. We don't let them hurt themselves. We don't let them, you know, not, the, everything that they do is like, oh my gosh, you're so great. And they're like, all I did was slide down the slide. Like every kid does that. Don't, I don't need a, a reward for that, you know? And they're, it's just, it's overboard. And that is super hard because those kids are disrespectful. They're, they're, they don't have any limits or boundaries. Nobody wants to be around them. And so it's very unhelpful to overdo that kindness with your children. And on the other hand, you know, with the too, too much strictness as well, there's, there's detriments to that too. If those kids don't learn to, their own power, if they're walking on eggshells all the time, if they can never do anything right, their self-esteem gets damaged. So again, these extremes are really not what we're looking for. We want to look for that middle ground of being both kind and firm. And I will say with your um, taking away the phone, I have a thing in my class where I teach parents you know that thing that's near and dear to your children, mm-hmm. like their favorite toy, or in your case, the phone, you don't get to take that away in order to discipline them unless it's directly related to whatever they did wrong. So that to me, it's what that does is it it's fear-based, right? They're afraid I'm going to lose my phone. Okay. The problem with fear-based discipline, which is what most punishment is, and I'm I'm distinguishing punishment from discipline. So punishment is a subset of discipline is like this whole, everything that we do to, to guide and to teach our children is discipline. Okay. Punishment is the, the word it implies making them pay for something they've done wrong. And I always say children aren't criminals. They don't need to be punished. They don't have to pay. They need to learn. They need to be guided. They need to be taught. And so 
when you when you use their favorite thing and you cause fear or when you spank or when you threaten or when you ground all of those things that in, install fear what that does is it sets off their fight or flight response okay mm -hmm. so they're going to they're going to fight you or they're going to run away from you and this could be mentally as well not just physically and they're going to they're, they're going to have a cascade of stress hormones released when they go into fight or flight, sets off adrenaline and norepinephrine and all this, all this stuff. And what it does is it shuts down their thinking brain, their frontal lobe and all the stuff where they think. All right. So they're learning to not do stuff because you're going to get mad at them. I mean, that's it. They're, they don't learn like the responsible and the intelligence and all that stuff. So the finesse of parenting is to figure out how to correct their misbehavior to get them to do what they're supposed to do without, without setting off the fear response. Okay. Well, and that, that's everything sorry. I no, no, I love it. And, I, and actually, thank you. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I give you my example. So that's perfect. Cause I think that's a common, that's a common practice and you know, not yeah. phone. I mean, people do games and do other things and, and I've used both. So I, I'm guilty. <laughs> well, and there's, but there's times where that would be relevant. Like if, if there's a, if there's a thing in the house where they have to have their homework done by a certain time, yes, like exactly. you set up agreements and the homework's not done. Well, that would make sense that the phone is taken away until the homework is done. Right. But if like one of the kids hits their sister or hits their brother, you talk about sibling stuff, yeah. taking away their phone is not related. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. You need to, the discipline needs to be related to the misbehavior in order for it to be effective and for the, the thinking part to happen. I, I, I agree. Actually, I do it for school purposes because there I, don't, you go. I do not like when <laughs> they, they play games and stuff when their homework is still slacking off. I mean, they, yeah. they got to do that. And like my rule is really, so talking about two modes, my yeah. rule is you don't get your game stuff until Friday night and it goes away again on Sunday. So, so the other leading party allows it to be a little bit, my wife <laughs> allows them to have it a little bit longer for the week and with, with exception. And then when we phone the exception, that's when they slack off and they, they tend to do that. So, right. so that's where I come in and I'm like, no, I'm going to take it away. And as soon as I say the word taken away, they become good. So it works for a degree to a, de to a degree, but may not always work because they figure it out. <laughs> well, and the thing is, you have to think about long-term as well. There's a, there's a point in time where it's, that's the effective and the way that is appropriate to discipline. But now you've got to start thinking about this person who's going to be going off to college soon, mm -hmm. right? And then and at that about point, yeah, well, there already are, but you know, at the, and they're, and they're, they're going to have to learn to self-regulate. So at a certain point, you have to transition from being the, the cop of this to helping them learn how to manage themselves. And that's the finesse of parenting a teenager. And thank you. I mean, and I, I love that because to the, you're right. And, and every age, like I said, you know, you transit and then you, you yeah. keep, you know, yeah. you're tighter and you loser and then you stuff. And like, there's a point, but again, at the end of the day, listen, I've been through an 18 year old who's 25. So I can tell you right. when they get to that age, there's very little you can do. Right. <laughs> I mean, the only thing you could do is like, and that's exactly my, my oldest son. He decided to leave on and move on from the house because, you know, no more rules. And that was his decision. So, but it happens, right? So I get it. I mean, I, you know, and again, for every parent, it's going to be different. But you did state something that is important. The, the, the yin and yang, right? And the, the good balance, positive, negative, both sides working. That's usually good. Now, here's the challenge. And I think that's also another type of, real thing that happens today in society, which is we're talking about couples are together and maybe even having challenges one thing, but now when they separate, 
That's a whole different thing where the kids are in the middle. And what I've noticed is exactly what you just said. The two extremes. Because your father this, I'm going to do it. Because your mother this, I'm going to do this. And now one is like, do whatever you want. And the other one, no, you can't. And everybody now is challenging themselves how they can make them as easy as possible life, right? <laughs> and then now to your point, now we get the aftermath that person gets over everything. They don't, nobody really is holding the rein, right? And so it's over. And that's what creates those, those you know, cases where the children don't think about repercussions in real life. Now you move out of your home, you grow up, Life is going to be giving you a whole different ex expectation because <laughs> no, no one's going to take it from you at work. They can fire you if you don't do a good job or if you don't follow the rules. Society, if you do something wrong, you go to jail, right? So there is a discipline or punishment kind of concept in the whole world system, right? Somehow. But it happens if you, if you never realize that there are boundaries and, you know, that you have to be, you know, held to, then you will react in a certain way and then you will eventually discover it, but maybe too late at that point, because you can do things. And to your point, when a child is left to their own devices and they do whatever they want, and now no one can talk to them. The teachers cannot do anything about it. No one else can do anything about it. And that's a big deal. And I think that's, that's happening. But thank you for your work, because you're helping people kind of adjust to these things and make it a different. So thank you for that. And I, and I just wanted to say, because... Everything you said right now, to me, it's actually learning for me, too. I'm learning some tricks, although it may be too late for me. <laughs> you know, oh, I have to. Grandkids. You can have grandkids one of these days. <laughs> Grand... Well, not yet, but it, yeah, it may happen soon. I don't know. <laughs> We're at that age group where it could happen. So, hey, listen, I'm not even worried about it. When it happens, it happens. Right? <laughs> but you know what they say about grandkids? They're not yours. You take them, you enjoy them, and you give them back. <laughs> so yes, exactly. You're exactly. not stuck with them. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so that's it. So, so again. The, 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 your advice, if you don't mind, about the type of parents that are separated, that's one. And then when there is only one parent, that's the other situation. For whatever reason, one is no longer available. Those are challenging for these folks, you know, to, 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 to manage, right? So what do you say to those two groups, you know, because we want them also to be able to, to parent correctly. Yeah, so for the single parent, where the other parent is gone, like is not even around, okay? That was one you talked about. That one is actually to me better than being in a dysfunctional relationship. So when you're in a really bad relationship and trying to parent with somebody, that's the hardest, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, if, somebody, if you're working against each other in the same home, very, very difficult for the parents. And then again, very dysfunctional for the children. So if you're a single parent, you're making all the decisions. That's actually the, the easier way to do it than having somebody else that you have to agree with and that you know have to ha have a say so in everything. So that one, the hard part is usually resource wise. There's nobody, there's no help. There's no, you know, you have to do everything by yourself. So making sure that you find yourself a good network of support, whether that's friends, family, whatever you can find. Okay, that one's, I think, Single parenting is, is challenging and difficult, but it's not as difficult as a bad relationship at home or what the other one you were alluding to, which is super difficult, which is the very contentious divorced mm -hmm. parents, okay? Yes. And these are the ones that are damaging our children, frankly. Parents that work, are working against each other and hurting their kids to get back at each other. And that's the bulk of divorces. Many parents can divorce amicably to you know for the most part and then 
co-parent together for the best interest of their children, but it's a smallish number, you know, percentage wise. I don't know what it is, but it's not as big as the, you know, maybe it's 70 and 30. So 30% of parents actually can do this and keep their children's best interest in mind and be respectful of each other. And those kids are gonna do much better, even though divorce is very hard for children to go through, they'll do okay if the two parents are getting along. Those two parents that are fighting and putting the children in the middle and oftentimes there's something called parental alienation is super, super damaging for kids. And I wish I could get all of those parents <laughs> in front of me. and. Just teach the class that I teach, which lets them see how important all this is. They will come to their own conclusions and be able to start softening up and not, you know, working against each other. And I was in that. I, I got divorced. It was a very contentious divorce. And I had to take the high road and all these times. I mean, I remember some, I have so many examples. He would, he would tell the kids stuff like, I, you know, I got some child support. He's like, your mom is stealing all my money. And they would come home, they're little kids. And they're like, dad says you're stealing all our money. And I wouldn't play. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't interact. I didn't, I didn't defend myself. I didn't, I didn't attack him. I just said, you know, that's between your dad and me and you guys need to take care of yourselves and I'll take care of you. And I just didn't address it. And I knew later down the road, they would see all the truth and things. And, you know, I just, I couldn't undermine him, no matter how awful that was. And another time, and we talked, you talked about corporal punishment and part of positive parenting, I teach what to do instead of spanking. I chose to stop spanking and, and I teach parents, like, I don't think it's fair to say stop spanking without giving parents the tools of what to do instead. Sure. So I think that's super important. So I don't believe in spanking, but I also don't believe in saying to a parent, you can't spank unless you you know, make sure they're set up for success and have discipline tools because otherwise they let them get away with everything. And that's worse than using some corporal punishment. So, so just, just know that I don't, you know, so I didn't believe in spanking. So they come home one day and they're like, and they know my stance on this. And they're like, dad spanked us thinking that I'm going to get all mad and like call dad and yell at him or something. Right. And I'm like, really? I go, what did you do? Well, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what did you do? And they go, nothing. And I'm like, wow, you didn't do anything. And he spanked you. That stinks. Mm. And they're like, well, maybe we were jumping around in the car at Costco. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I go, so what did you learn from him spanking you? And they go, nothing. And I said, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, I just I, laughed at that. You know, like, even though I don't believe in it, I, there was no point to me to undermine him or to, to call him up. I mean, that, and here goes to the answer your question. There's a concept called mom's house, dad's house. And it's the name of a book that's about co-parenting. Mm -hmm. Mom's house, dad's house. And the bottom line is your children can and will, if you, if you believe it, learn this is what happens at mom's house and this is what happens at dad's house. So you can have your own rules at your house. And no matter what the other parent does, it does not undermine you because children are very good at understanding the difference between mom's house and dad's house. And the problem is parents don't understand this and they don't believe it. And so they think that if he doesn't do or she doesn't do what I do, then I can't do it because then my kids won't do it. That's not true. Your kids can learn very well. When they're at your house, they eat broccoli. When they're at her house, they eat 
chocolate. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's well, the way I, it works. I, I got one better. So, so uh, <laughs> no secret. So I, my, my first marriage, you know, we got divorced a long time ago. So my older son, right? We, we left off as good friends. We lived as good friends, even though we were separated and, you know, we were in, in two different states. Uh, what we did and everything was amicable. So, so there was, the, so there was a time where my son was, you know, in Florida, going to school there and then comes in the summer and the holidays. And then it's what switch over a certain time when he got into like elementary, it switched. And then he went, you know, to stay with me and then went to summer and it was all fine. And then we, my ex and I and her husband and my wife, we got together. It was just like family time. And we kept it as that way. But again, I, and I know people look like your wife knows my, you know, your ex-wife and they're good. Yeah. It's nothing. Again, for me, it was nothing. It's, it's difficult, but you make it work, right? For, for the sake of the children. For the children. That's and right. that is the healthiest thing you can ever do for the children. I, but that leads me to the other. So, so here's the other thing. We were two different religions, two different walk of life. You know, you know, it was a whole different we we got along but we still have our own ways of doing things right and believe it or not to your point dad's house mom's house you go there i don't tell you what you do i don't want to know what you do how you do it and then you come here these are the rules so and mom knows i know when you go there i don't tell you you can worship what you want you do what you have to do you come here you know what we do and how we do it and that's how we went until he got to the point when he was old enough when we had graduation he was happy everything was good and that's it. So again, that's an example from my side. And, and, and again, and I'm not saying it for the sake of the show, it's the true story. So the fact is, you know, that's how I, I play. I'm always on the positive modes and I try to keep it positive. But you're right. It wasn't because of me. It was if you want the children to not feel your differences, you can. That there, you control that, but it's up to you as a parent to either make it a war. And I've seen, I had friends who had the opposite where they were like, bickering and you know dad this and then the kids are in between like you know they don't want any one of them because it's right. it's a problem so you don't want that you want them to just they get to choose i don't i'm not asking you to be to be your favorite i don't care if you choose mama's favorite that's okay mom's a, to me I'm, I'm i'm a mom boy so you can have mom mom i think is important in society and has a, a different degree of level and in, in, so i love everybody's mom <laughs> you know and, and, and that's how i am so moms are moms right and uh, you know Again, I'm a lonely child, so I, I was predominantly my, 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 my dad was around, but my mom was the one who did the, the upbringing. So I'm always grateful to her. And so I grew up with that mode. So to me, mom is priority. You take care of your mom, you do whatever you want. That's the bottom line. So I did that. And the end of the day, he knew that. Now, unfortunately, two years ago, she passed on. And, you know, but now he, he now it's okay. I mean, life happens, right? <laughs> unfortunately. But, but, you know, so, so we got over it. And now he's got one parent. And, but he understands how he went. Uh, you know, I mean, it was not always easy because in his mind is still it's still there's an impact no matter what, even when you don't think that it was, there was always that. And I didn't realize that until later on, because even though we didn't think it was, he expressed it later on in his life that, you know, he did feel the difference because we weren't together. But I guess that's normal for kids. But you're right. The parents that choose to to take it on each other and using the children as as, a, as an exchange tool, I don't think that's appropriate. But again, People can listen to shows like, well, what do you have? What do you care? You know, who give you the, the right to an opinion? I, I, listen, I'm entitled to mine. <laughs> You're entitled to your lifestyle. Do whatever you want with your family. It's all good. But at the end of the day, we're giving good advice that you can take. And just because we do certain things doesn't mean I, we, you just gave me a good lesson right now. And I'll take it. <laughs> I told you I'd take the phone. You said that shouldn't be appropriate. And you know what? You made a good sense about it. That should be according to what the, the, the problem is and not just do it ad hoc. 
So listen, I'll take that to the bank. I mean, I'll use that to, you know, and, and that's how it is. You take a tip from someone, you take a trick on someone, and you apply it. I, you don't know, it's like, it's not always about me. You know, it's about what's good and what's, what's not good. So if I can take something positive from you, that's it. I'm, I'm all about positive. As a matter of fact, I just got hypnotized on thir- on Friday <laughs> about positivity. So, so I think it's working. So, so uh, it's, it just, it's like freaking contagious. So, <laughs> but I enjoy it. So, so, you know, listen, but, but that's it. You know, people, I just want, my thing is for people to get the best that they can get, you know, you don't have to take one word from us, but if you can grab something that can, you know, help you do better in, in your relationship, especially with kids. I mean, that's the most important thing. I, the rate of divorce today is, is so high, it's not even funny. I mean, it's just unfortunate, but that's real statistics. I mean, a lot of couples don't make it and the children are in between. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I know it because again, even in my kids, you know, a lot of their friends have that situation and it's, it's different. Like you feel, I feel it when I, I see it because it's one thing when you have two parents and another one you don't have or like they're different parents. It, it's just difficult and I get it. And again, I've been there, so I know how that works, right? And it, you know, but parenting should take precedence. That's bottom line. Your kids, you should have the ability to take care of them no matter what. You talked about child support. You're a parent. You're you chose to have kids. You take care of kids. Doesn't matter. This doesn't have to be. I, we didn't go to the system. I did my thing. We were happy. No problems. Right. That's it. Some people have to go to the system. I don't think you want to go to the system. Period. But that's another story. <laughs> but but the fact is, kids do not even need to know that. No. No, I mean, really, you know, why why do kids need to know? Right. Exactly. But but unfortunately, people kind of do that just to your point, despite, right? Oh, your mom does, your dad does. Why? Kids don't have to do that. Again, like like I said, this is my personal views on how this is. And, you know, I may be wrong. (laughs) You're not not wrong. And it is damaging to kids. And I think it's okay to say that because, you know, you sometimes parents are so involved in their own hurt that they don't understand that this is really hurting their children. And when parents realize that they can choose to do it differently, they can choose to stop, you know, they can choose to let, put down the, the war with the ex to serve their children better. And it is wrong to put your kids in the middle. And there are behaviors that are, that are wrong to put your kids to do, to, to, to be fighting in a, in certain dysfunctional ways with that ex that's impacting your children in a negative way. So, you know, I, I don't know perfection and, you know, a lot of people just need some counseling or co-parenting counseling, which will be helpful and that, that can guide you in a specific direction. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's some things it's okay to say from your experience that, you know, so I think I I, I appreciate it. Well, (laughs) Well, just one thing I have to say this because I am, not against if you choose that the relationship is not working it's okay i'm okay for for you separate if it's not healthy there's no reason to be in a relationship it's not healthy but don't take that on the children if you take that route you know to actually you're trying to be good because you don't want to make it you know it's not working out you're agreeing it's moving good or bad but then the same applies to your children why if you choose in to separate because it's not working out well you want your kids to work out and not have issues so it's the same way so really i'm we're not telling people that you know you're we're not judging you about your decisions you do you know you do the right thing for you period as individuals or parents but at the end of the day since you have kids the ideal is as anyone that is a parent will probably agree that you want your children we all want the best for our kids i don't think of a parent that doesn't want even 
you know, we, even in the worst scenario, you still want the best, you know, for your kids. We all want I, better for our kids. Yeah, you talked earlier about um, different cultures and I'll tell you, I've taught free parenting classes all during the pandemic, a half an hour every day. And I had parents from all over the world. And in my almost 30 years of teaching, I've communicated with parents all over the world. And no matter all the difference that we have culture wise, we all love our children and we want what's best for them. And that's our connection. So no matter what style we live in and what world we live in and what culture we live in, we all love our children and we want to do the best for them. And there is a connection there between all of us, no matter what our skills and tools our culture has told us that we mm-hmm. should use there, there, there is that commonality and that we can all um, be together and support each other in figuring out the best way to have the, the, the best relationship that we can with our children. And I agree. And I, I think that there's, that's beautiful and that's that's how we are designed to be yes. i think i think no matter how strong we are in terms of <clears throat> our beliefs and feelings and how we behave we are still conditioned and designed to have the best uh, for our kids in our mind and that's how we are designed to do it we want like you want your kids to be the best in society you want your kids to have everything you might sacrifice parents sacrifice a lot of stuff for them for the kids you might not buy something for yourself, but you'll buy something for your kids. And I think even today, I see it. I mean, people would literally do whatever the kids ask for. They might not even do things for themselves, but they will buy everything that the children want. Which, by the way... You, let me the, tell you, parenting classes. Par- yeah. Parenting classes cost money. Parents will pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for their kids to do this lesson and that sport and this thing and these mm-hmm. clothes. And then a few hundred bucks for parenting classes are like... Well, you're right. Well, we have that in fitness and, and stuff like exactly. I, would, I would spend anything, but, but I will not go to a gym. I mean, again, what you said earlier, you want to look good and feel good and stay good so you can give your kids the energy and help them out and be part of them. Again, it's all about adjusting. And yeah. sometimes we don't know that. Right. Or yeah. some people, they know what they know. And, yeah. and, and again, your podcast is awesome because it talks about this. This show is going to share some of it and they still have access to you, which is the, the beautiful thing. Listen, folks, you have that be. You can reach out to her. The, the her, her site will be on the job, of the, the, the description of the show. So please check it out. And listen, maybe you get advice. Maybe you get something that's going to benefit you. One thing, two things that can help you tweak your lifestyle and have a better life with your children. That would be great. So listen, I know we've, we've exceeded, exceeded that, but I have one more question, even a couple more, but let's see. I know about <laughs> your time, but, but so, so what happens when you have that tough child? And I know you mentioned something, I don't want to have, why am I having this kid, right? So how do you handle it? Because I know I've seen it, you know, children and stores and they're screaming and you can't control them. What advice would you tell parents to, to, to do that if you happen to have a child like that? Number one is don't suffer too long. So if you have one of your children that's particularly challenging, get help. And I'm the first to do that. My middle daughter, Michelle, was my challenging child. And... <clears throat> There's a, there, I have a few stories about this, but I'll just share one, maybe two of them. But one was I went to her second grade um, parent-teacher conference, and I said very wisely to her second grade teacher, you know, Michelle, she's one of those spirited children. And the teacher looked at me like I was crazy. And she's like, I don't get that. I go, she's, she's great in class. She gets along well with others. She's kind. She's, she does what she's supposed to do. And the teacher thought, looked at me like I was crazy. 
And I just, it just blew me away. And I went home and I realized I have a problem with my daughter. Like she's great out in the world, but her and I have all this conflict. And I went to counseling. I took her to a therapist and, and I said, help, what's going on here? And so the therapist had us play together for an hour. We, we played. And then I went back the next week and got help and coaching from her. And basically what she said was, you're very interactive and your daughter, Michelle, is very attentive and you're not picking up her cues. Like you're, you're saying, let's do this, let's do this. And she's waiting for you to like watch her and allow her to do something or whatever. And basically what the therapist said is you need to learn to be patient and to watch for her cues and, and you know, to be more sensitive to her, what she's needing and what she's communicating. And I was like, oh, great, patience. Like that is something I don't have. <laughs> my other two kids could handle, but this kid could not handle my inability to be patient and focus. So I had to grow. I had to learn to slow down in my life, to quit bouncing off the walls like I usually do, doing a hundred things at once and interact with this child in a much more calm and sane way. So I started being patient. I started waiting for her, watching her cues and our relationship started to get much, much better and improve from there. And it also gave me this huge insight into myself and our dynamic. And I have so many, most of the stories in my parenting classes I share were with this child because we had a lot of times where we would butt heads and it's because we're so similar. And again, one of the reasons I still teach is because this kid is 32 now and I adore the heck out of her and she loves me, like admires me. And we're like super good buds. And if I didn't have positive parenting raising her, we would not be friends at this point. You know, if I had negative parenting, she's the kind of kid, like the friction that we could have had, it would have, we would have never been, you know, connected and loving and really feeling the, the deep, the deepness of this relationship because I had positive parenting tools. I could transform. I could learn what I needed to learn from her. She taught me patience. What a great gift, right? Did I want to learn it? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked, right? <laughs> it worked. But, but you know, it's funny, Debbie. I, this is like literally tying up to the question I was going to ask, okay. which is how to get us connected with our kids more and have a better relationship. And I think you've touched on that. But, you know, I want to say this. Daughters, you know, are tougher than, 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 than boys. You know, I have to say, like, you know, my, my sons are one thing and my daughter is another. They're just different. And their personality is different. You know, like my daughter is a tough cookie, but she's got a greatest heart and beautiful and she's all that. But but yeah, it, her dynamics are different. She's, she's more vocal and she's got her personality and it's different. And every one of them is different, but you're right. So sometimes you do clash if you are not patient enough and you don't stand in the queues. And plus, when they get into that teenage mode, it changes. So you have to also adapt to their changes. And I think that's the other part that when you're new parent, you know, you might not see it until you're into it. So maybe learning it in advance and prepare yourself will be great. But so, so that, that again, the question is, how do you, um, what advice would you give people to really, parents in general, whether they're single or together or separate, how they can still connect as, 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 a, as an entity, you know, with their kids and still have a good relationship that's workable until the time where the children are grown and, and, and leave home? Well, I mean, taking my class or a parenting class where you learn positive parenting and positive discipline, communication skills and tools. This is what, where you can guide your children, but make your relationship really connected Too too much of the 
punitive and negative parenting just damages that relationship. So you don't have the connection. You might get well-behaved kids, but they're well-behaved and there's like, I can't wait to get out of here. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, or they're damaged in some way. So making sure that you give yourself the skills and tools to have a, a, a deep and connected relationship is, is the way to do it. And the other thing is I have a, I guess it's a spiritual belief or something that I just see in this regard. And it's that we choose our children and our children choose us. And I mean, I guess God is involved in that in some way. Like, like I, as I said before, there's no accident that that kid was my kid. <laughs> and the way, the way you can look at this is that our children are here to teach us something and we're here to teach our children something. So they have a gift to give us and we have a gift to give them. And so it's a positive and a, and a growth aspect of each of these things, you know? So if we look at that for especially the most difficult child, like what is this child here to teach me? What, what, what can I learn from this child and what we're going through? And what is the gift that I have to give this child? What is the gift that this child has to give me? That can sometimes mitigate some of the stress and the, and the negativity that we can collect around the children that are super difficult. And again, don't hesitate to reach out. I never go more than 30 days miserable about some behavior with my kids without seeking help. And if, if it's therapy, if it's reading a book, if it's you know getting coaching, if it's research, whatever it is, I don't suffer because there's no reason to. There's so many good resources out there and there's an answer out there. But you, you're the parent. You have to search for it. I love it. Well, well so, you know, it's funny you said about the... the the kids and you like you're 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 meant for each other right see like i i use the opposite so it's kind of sound funny like you know we don't choose our kids they don't choose us because by default you're there and you just have your parents you don't get your pick your parents right <laughs> you know you you just discover your parents <laughs> right, right. Like, oh well, that's my kind of parents right so so in a way to say but but the, the the reverse on this is that you still have to make it work right. <laughs> you, you know so 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 both I think both work in <laughs> just a different angle yeah. but but really that's what it is like you look at it this way like I I didn't pick my parents I mean I you just open your eyes like that but that was not my parents so you got to make the best with them and they have to make the best with you and so that's when the relationship builds and you just have to use the, the tactics and the tips and and whatever is out there to help you get through it and eventually you'll get through it and and, and it will be all memories and that's the other thing so listen now but I do have a question now you did say about your uh coaching right and i know you do international because you, you've talked to people around the world yep. uh, so what what's your program look like i mean is it a long term is it like a few months is it a few sessions is it one session is does it matter how does it work so we can share with our you know audiences because sometimes people are like i want this but is it going to be a long commitment how does it work so let's let's just clarify that yeah. So what I have online is a self-directed class at this point. So mm -hmm. basically you go online and you purchase the life. It's a lifetime membership. I have a back end and it has all the videos of all the, all the lessons. So I have a curriculum that's about 15 hours long. And so you take it and you can watch it at your own pace. There's actual parents on there. I just recorded the zoom classes and, um, that's what I'm doing now um, for parent, just random parents out there. Most of the work that I'm doing, I get hired by schools and school districts and healthcare districts. So I get, I get hired and then I do the classes for school. So if you have a school, 
you can mention it to the principal and they can hire me. So, you know, I'm a vendor for the New York City schools and the LA Unified schools and Chicago schools, and then all the little school districts do whatever they do their own way. And um, so that's a good way to do it as well as to suggest it to your um, to the people of wherever your kids go to school, because that's the that's the best way to do it. Um, and then the school pays for it instead of the parents. <laughs> well, listen, that's great. And, and, and again, you have two options. So for those folks, they can recommend to their school district and, and get yep. the benefit from it from through that route. And then the other one is they can literally register and, and, and just do it, you know, on yep. the on the go on their own pace and yep. uh, at their own time. And that's that's also awesome. So. There you have it, folks. You know, you have a way. Don't say that you did not have tools because you do. You have access to them. And you said it. I mean, we try to do the best to bring as many resources out there in the world. And, you know, podcast is one way to do it. And we're talking about these things and on the radio, on the show. And, you know, there's a lot of things. And, you know, the more we put out there, hopefully will help, you know, few, if not more than few. And that's really the, the, the bottom line. And I'm pretty sure you feel good about it because I'm sure you've helped a lot of parents deal with it and, and be better parents and, and have a better relationship with their kids and eventually have a, a fruitful, you know, outcome in their family. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So again, you chose something that is powerful, that is good. It helps society and gives us the positive that we need in life. So thank you for that. Well, Debbie, listen, I mean, it's, uh, it's been real. It's been a pleasure. I had a great time. I, I, I know I talk a lot, so I'm sorry about that, but, <laughs> you know, but I think, I think we had a great time here and we've put a lot of uh, good output here and for folks to, to really just take home and, 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 you know, again, folks, as a disclaimer, you take what you can and you don't have to agree with everything we say, but let's see if you can pick up one thing that, that is good in this discussion that you can apply and hopefully that can make a difference in life. That's great. So, uh, any last words that you want to share with our audiences before we uh, close the show? Yeah, just if all else fails, pick your kids up and hug them. That's all I can say. It's like, you know, sometimes making them do stuff is not the most important thing. Connecting them with them is the most important thing. So um, just love on your kids. That's all I can say. Right, listen, that's powerful. And I think <laughs> we, will, we will definitely close with that. So thank you, Debbie, for that. Thank you folks for watching and for listening in. And uh, again, uh, we'll be talking soon, different show, different topic, different guests. Bye for now.